This is a topic-based podcast, so each episode we're going to tackle a different issue facing board games, the people who play them, and their industry. Today we have the Wizard of Podcast with us, whose output is relentlessly prolific. We're talking about Richard Simpson of We're Not Wizards, of course. Hello, we're all back again live as always. Are we recording this? I don't know if we're actually live. <laughs> I think I think we are. I can I can see it recording. I can okay, see the waveform. I'll, I'll, I'll trust your insight. <laughs> okay. How have you been keeping Oliver? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a busy week, but mm. uh, weekend is ahead of us. So looking forward to it. How about yourself? All good. All good. We've got a very special guest yeah. today. We should not be talking about ourselves. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, it's true. Somebody else, and then they do all the talking, so we don't have to do anything. That's really. that's fine. Right. Well, we'll we'll get straight into it then. So, as people have obviously heard in the intro, we've got uh, the Wizard of Podcasts here with us. It's Richard Simpson from We're yeah, Not hey. Wizards. But then, as we know, he's not a wizard. But we'll get to, get to that later. It's <laughs> just um, I have no words. I wasn't going to be warned this was going to be an ambush or something like that and you were going to be like <laughs> dropping this in so early it's meant to be a secret it's meant right. to be a safe secret okay we'll, we'll cut this bit out that's fine not a problem no you don't have to cut it out it's fine right. just keep going it's just like it's like we're at the top of a hill we're a boulder that's on fire and we're about to head into lava we just keep going you never ever edit never edit no thank you for having me on well, no, thanks for coming. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I love listening to your podcast. This is where I butter you up and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, make you really happy. Um, and, you know, trying to work my way through all your back catalogue as well of your 500 Good episodes. Luck with that. Yeah, no. I can't find episode one on Apple Podcasts. So you have to re upload that for me, please. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that right now. You must have really good internet. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to upload something and record something online at the same time that's incredible <laughs> i can even open the window at the same time and wow. get a breeze in it's quite quite magical that's yes, good I'm a, apparently i'm a wizard <laughs> so, so <laughs> these, these things are all there's a reason these things are pretty much all easy to do it's kind of standard kind of first year wizarding school is it? you know yeah yeah pretty much it all comes out now it is. Well, why not? You know, yeah. it's not. It's fine. I might as well have a confessional. True. Don't that's you know. true. I might as well just get it all out in the open. Well, well given you know. that, that you're telling us all these things about you, I think that's a good lead into what we call our fun questions. These yes. are sort of really deep questions. I researched. They did. I'm not joking. I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. We'll, we'll go with that. Right. So, your first question okay. is What color crayon are you? I like to normally have a walk in the hills, but sometimes the beach. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, okay. there was a break. What was the question again? <laughs> what colour crayon are you? I'm going to cut this definitely now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, um, I do like slow-cooked pork belly. That's quite nice. Right, so I, if I could have. Okay. okay. Um, definitely indigo, indigo. is my favourite colour. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to regret having a format on the show, I tell you. Yeah. I'm here to destroy it. You say I'm Gandalf, I'm actually Saruman. You are. You're not tower on then, you sure? I've got a really big black tower. <laughs> okay, moving um, on to second question then, I think. Okay, so um, if you could go for a walk anywhere, would you like to go on the beach or the hills? You can really answer it, I swear. Um, I definitely want to go for a walk in the hills because I have an issue with sand. I don't like sand. I don't. It's coarse. It's like the Anakin answer. It's coarse. It's rough. I guess. I have a real thing about having wet sand on my feet. Right. Okay. If there's anything that's going to make my my teeth kind of curl around my lips and my tongue it's going to be someday see when you see kids running about on the beach and they've got wet feet and they've got sand halfway up their body and they look like a bit of sandpaper or a sculpture that just i can't deal with that i have to walk away i'm just like that give me a give me a pool okay okay that's why it's hills that's why it feels maybe more tiring but there's no sand sand. okay no sand okay that's a good reason. Given this is now nearly dinner time, um, if you had something to eat right now, uh-huh. what would it be? Um, the first answer was just like a quick shooting off the hip answer. I must admit, I do like, um, you know, a really good chicken casserole. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where you've kind of cooked the potatoes and you've sliced them really thin and you place the potatoes on top of the chicken. 
and you put kind of like mushrooms in there and you have a nice kind of onion sauce and it's a little bit gravy and you put other vegetables in there like sweet corn and carrots and stuff and you have it slow cooking yeah. for ages. And sometimes if I'm being a bit cheeky, I'll include a little bit of diced bacon in there as well just to give a little bit of, um, you know, bit of flavour, baconess, mm. as <laughs> I would say. So that, yeah, if I could have that just now, you know, with some crunchy potatoes on top. You know, it would turn into quite a rude podcast because then I would be yes, eating. Yes, I, th- I think we'll, we'll leave that for, time. it's just it's a theoretical <laughs> question. But it sounds like you do a lot of cooking then. I, yeah, I cook quite a lot. I do all the cooking. I have, um, I have a, I'm one of those annoying people that's got an intolerance to, um, to people that have allergies. No, I, I've got a wheat intolerance, <laughs> um, which means that I kind of generally would prefer to cook because right. I know exactly what's yeah. going into it as opposed to, as opposed to not. You know, because me and Janice had a big chat about did, it yes. um, recently. Yeah, so that's you know. So there you go. <laughs> Name dropping as well, oh. like that. Just <laughs> all of the food descriptions, and just like keep going, keep going, don't stop. <laughs> I know. That came out kind I'm of weird. Hungry now. <laughs> it's fine. It's oh. kind of an eco kind of hungry thing, especially if the mushrooms are big enough, and you've maybe cooked them in a little bit of butter oh, before you stick nice. them in the casserole. That's nice. <laughs> You're making a whole lot of <laughs> very, very good. And I'm a vegetarian as well, so <laughs> you know, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so, um, and now it's time for something completely different. Yes. So, if you had a dream house, what would it be like? You know, money's no object. You can have what you'd like. What would it be? I'm not really sad and say I'm in it. Oh. No. I kind of live in my dream house because like it's kind of like got. It's got a lovely big back garden. It's got like a front garden. There's a garage on it. It's got like about, it's got a good couple of bedrooms. I've got a little games room where I can record my podcasts. You know, it's kind of, I've kind of, I don't know. I think the bigger your house you have, I think you fill it up with more rubbish. Yes. And we've been very, very kind of controlled on it. And if money was no object, I mean, most houses are ridiculously overexpensive anyway. But this has got, it's like a nice, it's like, it's a home that you've got. Because I always feel it's like, yeah, I'd like 20 bedrooms and four garages. And then you get into that and you just go, you need to be a millionaire to kind of fill it up. I kind of like the way my house is oh, just now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all quite fresh and we've only been in, we've only been in there for just over a year. So it's still got that lovely kind of, um, I'm not bored of it yet. Yeah. Of course, if you came back in like 18 months and asked me the same question, I'd be like, you know, yeah. what a pool yeah. kind of thing. So so where's the spiral staircase oh, then good. and the tower? Um, there isn't there isn't one. It's where I work. That's not where you don't live in. You don't live where you cast your spells. Yeah, true. I, I, should have I wouldn't know that. I'm not Stupid. a wizard though. Because if you make any mistakes, you know. Well, I'm just, if you accidentally spell cast the children or something like that, you're better kind of keeping your True. spells away True. from the yeah. house just in case you turn into something unnatural. That's, that's a very, it's a very good That's advice. true. Um, <laughs> next question then is your uh, source of your board game interest. Where where did it all start? What was your first game you played? And please say Monopoly. Um, I've not, I've never actually really um, had much of an interest in board games. Um, I just saw this as a way of talking to lots and lots of people. Um, no, that's not true. It could be, um, it could be true though, isn't it? Thank Here's you. your exclusive. Yeah. You know, I'm living a lie. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to run away and go, ha ha, you're all interested in board games. I didn't have to bother with that rubbish. <laughs> I managed to build up a brand without touching a meeple. Yes. Um, no, um, I guess, yeah. I mean, you could say it was your normal favourites. I mean, Monopoly. We had an old copy of Monopoly yeah. that got to the table quite a bit. And then I got into the kind of the Waddingtons and MB range of games. So there was like Escape from Atlantis. Nice, yeah. Lost Valley of the Dinosaurs. And then Milton Bradley went into partnership with Games Workshop and they produced... Um, they produced Hero Quest, famous, yeah, and uh, Space Crusade, and that was me. I said that kind of set me down that, that kind of set me down that route, and I continued to have kind of Space Crusade and Hero Quest for quite some time. That's cool. Um, and only got kind of, I've only been back in the hobby about maybe six, seven years. Okay, yeah, I think that's the sort of standard. Pretty, pretty, well, Hero cool. Quest, I think quite a few people have oh. played. So nice, I like it. Tradition, a traditional growth, a traditional learning in games. Um, 
Okay, so back to the color thing again, because, you know, asking you one question about colors wasn't enough. We, we'd we love to know what your favorite color meeple is. Yellow. <laughs> Yellow. That's good. It wasn't indigo. All right. <laughs> nobody goes for it. It's always left. Oh, okay. It's true. You know. Mm-hmm. It's always the last one that everybody goes for is the little yellow meeple, and I feel sorry for it. Oh. So I can guarantee that I can, like, because I grab it with joy and gusto. I love the yellow meeple. I grab it. It's mine, and I sit there and smile, and everybody looks at me like I'm demented. (laughs) Again. On the subject of games, then, uh, is there a game that you would show new people to the hobby, people who haven't played games before? Yes. Okay. And what would that be? <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. Don't worry. I have follow-up questions. It's fine. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Codenames, actually. Okay. I think Codenames is a nice, easy game because it's very, very... I actually um, I took Codenames up to um, my mother's quite recently. And it was her... She was with her friend. And I said, oh, I brought this because we can have a, kind of a, have a game with it. And the kids kids were with me as well and um it's quite it's not abstract enough that it's really really difficult to teach it's a case of okay here's i'm gonna say a a word i'm gonna follow it with a number you tell me how many how many words you can see in this grid you think will um, connect to this number and um they picked it up and they thought it was incredibly good fun yeah Next week, Gloomhaven. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> start them somewhere. <laughs> Gloomhaven. That'll take you a whole week then. Okay. So, so speaking of, of player groups, then, how, have you ever come across a dominant player in in a game group? And if so, how would you deal with them? It's usually me. Um, so I think that's absolutely fantastic. That it should always be a dominant player in the game because there's less people that just they don't have any sense of direction or purpose in life and it's about somebody putting their hands on the table and telling people what they actually think of them and how stupid they were doing that move that they've done for you. So, Good. Um, I usually welcome them you know dominant players in the game they think they're dominant players but I give them five minutes and I'll have them crying <laughs> scumbags <laughs> This is a good way of dealing with them, all it's right? probably the best way, actually, yes. Okay. When it comes to weight of game, then, what, what is your preference? Do you like the lighter games, mm-hmm. heavier games? What, you know, Gloomhaven, obviously. No, I've never played Gloom, Gloomhaven. That was just a comedy <laughs> lie. Um, yeah. I, do you know what? In all I'd like to say that I'm kind of into something quite meaty and chunky. But I prefer, you know, I could probably prefer a medium game. I I like something that will get on the table in a couple of hours and then can disappear again and you can feel kind of satisfied, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think there's a big, there's some really, really beautiful games I want to kind of get, I'd love to have a shot of and I'd know what I get to the table, but I have to be realistic and mm-hmm. and know that something that maybe plays in kind of like two or three hours and isn't too um, yeah. isn't too hefty. Viticulture okay, yeah. springs to mind. That's mm-hmm. a lovely little glorious kind of elegant kind of game that isn't it is brain burnery when it needs to. You never kind of walk away feeling that if somebody understood the mechanics better than you and therefore you never really had a chance of kind of winning, yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. Okay. Medium yeah. medium wide games, that sounds good. All right. And our final fun question. Um, since we haven't asked anything about an animal yet. So what is your spirit animal if you were to have one? Rabbit. Okay. Just because I've got a rabbit and it means we could hang around and we could eat grass together and we could talk about the cat (laughs) that lives next door. Yeah, nice. Chew a carrot. That's straightforward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boring, (laughs) isn't it? You know, I don't know, a sunbear. Sunbear. Sunbear because it goes about, you know, just kicking up the arse up every other animal that's going about punching them down, getting its knuckles and rubbing its head across lions' foreheads to make them cry. It's rabbit yeah. because he's kind of you know, just chilled. I think. Mm. Well, that wraps this section up nicely, I think. Okay. We yeah. can move on to the next bit. Next on to the series questions. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Thanks very much, Richard. Appreciate it. And 
I think what you said about your spirit animal needs nicely into the next section because <laughs> I've come across the Daily Bailey Rabbit Twitter account recently. <laughs> Go on, tell us all about it because just let me tell you as well, I love rabbits as well. I'm a rabbit person myself. Do share, please. What is Daily Bailey Rabbit Twitter for and about? It's just a picture of my rabbit. That's all. Just okay. like, you know. Everybody needs a Twitter account, including my rabbit. Fair enough. And um, no, it was, you know what? There's just not enough niceness in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough things with long years in the world. And there's not enough things that generally make you look at something and go, that's cute. Yeah. And lots of the videos on there are lovely as well. You're feeding him carrots and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just relaxing. I just want somebody to go in there and go, oh, I'm not expected. There's no conflict. You know, there's no conflict. It's just rabbit. It's just a fluffy rabbit just doing his thing, just cut, cutting about, going like this. Yep, here I am, lying about, not doing anything much, mm. wrinkling his nose, stuff like that. Yeah. There's nothing controversial. There's no hidden political message. Yeah. You know, it's just he's just sitting there being a rabbit. Being himself long-eared mm. and fluffy-nosed. And being very cute. Do you think then there's just too much of that stuff on social media nowadays where it's all negativity that the world just needs like more rabbit Twitter accounts? Just bunnies everywhere. Bunnies. <laughs> it would stop people would stop doing things. If you had a rat if you had a little bunny in front of you, you know, and instead of you kind of tweeting at somebody, oh are you you know, are you on drugs or something? You just sit there and stroke your bunny and you would just let the moment pass. Yeah. And you would just kind of move on. And chill. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that kind of thing. They're not like cats, you know. You know, the thing about cats is, and dogs, and I've said this before, that if you died and you had a dog, the dog would sit at the end of your bed and he would mourn until somebody turned up to find you. Okay. Whereas this, the thing with a cat is, as soon as you, as soon as you start to cook, as soon as you expired your last breath your cat would be on you eating away right okay (laughs) what about rabbits where's where's this going with the rabbits rabbits yeah what would a rabbit do you wouldn't be anywhere they would just sit just sit there and just wonder do you know wonder about the impact of your life on the rest of the world are you sure that he wouldn't just hop off while it wrinkled its nose (laughs) do something else probably you know probably go on adventures I was going to say, that's what I found with rabbits. They seem to be quite sort of strong-headed, strong-willed, do their own thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. We, got a lead, we got a lead for a rabbit. Yeah, um, I know. Just to, let him out, just to let him out in the garden. Just to let him out in the garden. And you're like, Aww. come on this way. Yeah. And he turns around and he goes, <laughs> please. <laughs> and he just sits there and doesn't do anything. And even if you kind of drop the leash... Isn't run away or no. anything. He just sits there and goes, "Look, I'm surrendered by food. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> Thanks." <laughs> so, so was Bailey then your inspiration for doing a podcast as well? No, because Bailey, Bailey was after. Oh, Bailey okay. came after. It was, um, you know, it was kind of. Do you know what it was? Gone. I have no idea. <laughs> It was just one of these stupid things that you do. It's like, you know, if I was one of these teenagers that was in kind of like Magaluf or Tenerife yeah. and I'd had too much to drink, I'd be one of the fools getting a tattoo on my bum, you know, because I'm kind of impulsive like that. I'll just go ahead and do something. Yeah. And what it was, I was listening. One of my friends was doing a podcast about movies for a long time, and I was really starting to get back into the hobby after after being out, out of it for a while. And I just thought, you know... um, we could actually do something, you know, just to, to see how... Because you, you never know unless you try something, yeah, which yeah. is always my opinion and stuff. And I thought, well, what could it be about? Could it just be kind of um, chatting about stuff? And, of course, I checked about and stuff like that. I mean, I knew that instantly it was just going to be, like, a couple of people talking about kind of like cardboard. So it was me and me and Colin kind of started it off, and that's what it was. It was just us. And we were very kind of self-aware at the time. You know, which is why our whole, our, our intro was, you know, um, always about you know that the reason that we do this is because there wasn't there isn't enough 
podcasts out there about board games. Yeah. And the second reason that we used to do it is because there's there's not enough podcasts about two white guys giving them opinions about stuff. Um, you know, and that was the thing. And Colin comes back on now and again, but you know, um, things kind of things kind of change and things kind of move on. So it's all it was all good. It's not there's nothing silly. It's not like a silly reason. You know, there was a reason that the fact the name came about because because of the fact that I was a um, when I was at work and I was telling people I was going to the club to to play games. Yeah. I got the whole, all oh, right, so you're going to be casting spells, yeah? You're going to be like summoning a dragon, yeah? Oh, where's your pointy hat? Kind of thing. And it just kind of went, well, you know, we're just, we're not wizards. I just, I don't, you know, it's like board games. I don't, I don't, it's not d and I'm not a wizard kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of these things to say, well, actually, if we're going to be doing this, what kind of name we're going to come up with? And the thing is, is that um, board game things are like, kind of like hairdressers. I've always, you know, said this before, you kind of like get, you know, people calling themselves cut above the rest yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, the head studio. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I say, in Scotland, you get scissors and then 500 yards down the road, you get scissors too yeah. when they've opened up their second salon <laughs> kind of thing. And I just thought, I just kind of thought, well, we could go for, you know, it was always like board and there's tabletop and there's, you know. I thought we could go for something maybe slightly different. And the other thing is, it's easy. It's really easy to get like a domain name when nobody else. <laughs> that was the <laughs> the only problem, good reason. Yeah, well, the only problem, problem that has raised is folks said they've actually questioned when we stopped being wizards because it was like, you you were not wizards. Yeah. <laughs> when were you wizards? Exactly. Kind of thing. <laughs> and those, cl- those clever people, they get a slap, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic so um do you listen to other podcasts for inspiration or was there anyone in the industry who inspired you maybe to make a podcast like the way it is um in all honesty um i listen to podcasts kind of kind of all the time mm-hmm. and i've always been drawn more to the kind of the conversational ones that don't take kind of take themselves kind of too seriously i think mm-hmm. i think I, I kind of i've always found myself kind of drawn to the kind of the more kind of independent smaller guys and the big huge ones you know i'll go on record i've never listened to an episode of critical role mm-hmm. in my life you know but then i mean i started off as everybody i think as everybody does you start off with like shut up and sit down you have a little listen to kind of that and then i was listening to kind of like um, a quest for magic and steel that was a family that were doing kind of Dungeons and Dragons stuff and then it kind of grew, basically my podcast consumption has kind of increased by speaking to the people that I've had kind of on the show, it's kind of like a weird thing or I'll, I'll generally try and check out people's content and they're out there making content Yeah, you know, instead of just saying I, I don't know this is going to sound like really really picky and really really childish but I see, you know, I see people kind of like going on Facebook and saying, oh yeah, what's the, what podcast do you think I should check out? And you get people going, oh, you should be checking out Shut Up and Sit Down and nothing else. And you're just like, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> you know, because you never know. I, I, there's some styles that you kind of, you listen to a show and you'll be like, ah, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't working for me. I don't, I kind of don't like this. I'm not finding this kind of entertaining. It's not... It's not a case, it's, it's not suitable for my ears. It's not the case it's a bad show. Mm-hmm. It's just the case it doesn't suit into kind of when I'm listening to something, how I like to enjoy something. Mm. So I've kind of flipped and flap, flapped about. But yeah. you, you mentioned content creators and things, but I think a lot of your, at least the early ones that I've been listening to are um, sort of, you know, Kickstarter people and, and games designers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been obviously backing lots of Kickstarters. Yeah. Was that sort of one of the, the, the sort of starting points of the podcast as well, looking at Kickstarter campaigns or was that came that later? Or? It kind of organically kind of happened. I think at the beginning, I kind of looked at kind of a couple of established people in the industry. So I was incredibly lucky because I kind of asked Jamie Stegmeyer on the show. Yeah. Um, John Gilmore was one of the first people that we had on the show just because we kind of got talking on and off through yeah. just because we did. Um, I think 
it just kind of grown organically that people asked, you know, they said, oh, I really like your podcast. And it's, and and the conversation came around and they were talking about, oh, I'm just developing a game. And I just kind of went, well, do you want to kind of come on and have a have a kind of a chat? It kind of grew from there. Um, so there wasn't, there's it's never kind of been a plan to it. We kind of kept, kept the format. But I get, I kind of change between kind of, I have generally as any anybody on yeah. that's interested, and it's kind of interested that I've had actually people that listen to the show on, as well, almost to say you know you've you kind of I don't know it's just because I like speaking to people and hearing their story and everybody's kind of got their individual story, and you never know if the next person that you're speaking to is going to be the person that's going to be is going to be like be making sort of big difference in the hobby. I mean, at the moment, I remember, I remember, um, like Frank West emailing me hmm. when he was just trying to first kind of plug and get word out on the City of Kings. I mean, and Frank West today, he's just finished his, I think it's his fourth or fifth Kickstarter campaign for the Isle of Cats, which kind of raised half a million dollars. Oh, I mean, that, so yeah. he's a, he's now a big name, you know, a, rel- a relatively big name in kind of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember emailing him at the time saying, could you, could you help, you know, and then just he, he actually said something along the lines of, you know, I can't, you know, I'll be quite happy to wear a pointy, pointy hat and, <laughs> you know, I love magic and stuff like that. And I emailed him back at the time straight away and I said, um, you know, we don't want wizards on the show, you know, go and have a wash <laughs> and then get rid of your staff and go outside. And then I kind of realized I didn't know him. So I had to email back within 30 seconds again and just, look, I'm kidding. And so there's people kind of like, um, <laughs> and you ask Frank and he'll say the same thing. I was pretty, pretty kind of horrible to him when he contacted me, asking him to help him kind of yeah. get the word out there from City of Kings. But so it's kind of, go, I think it's kind of grown, grown from there. I, I don't know. People with an interesting story are very, very interesting to me. And it's not necessarily people that are well-established in the business. Um, and sometimes I like talking to somebody who is well-established in the business, but not necessarily talk about board games with them because I think they end up kind of getting defined by the board games and where, you know, there's certain things that drive people to do what they're what they're doing and the reason that they're doing them. You know, like Stephen Bonacore being in, you know, being... Yeah, yeah. very very kind of high up in the kind of i believe in the finance industry and it's like kind of interesting to hear about well why did he decide to go kind of in the board mm. game so there's that kind of thing so yeah. the, the short version is i'm really nosy that's that that <laughs> <a> thing. <laughs> i really love that approach you have to to anybody can you know who has an interesting story i think that's just so refreshing for a change and i like that you you keep your podcast quite casual and you really do focus on the people not necessarily you know what their work is and do you think that's kind of your style or is this just who you are normally (laughs) um i don't know (laughs) i'm one of these people i always live in a state of kind of constant kind of cringe and regret sometimes and it's usually cringe that I said something and then afterwards regretting that I said it as well but I'm kind of in I'm kind of in I work in sales for a living well I kind of sales and consultancy for a living kind of away from from this so I'm used to speaking to people on the phone kind of all the time and um so yeah so I'm kind of used to getting kind of bits of information out of people but at the same time I guess kind of making them feel kind of relaxed. Somebody always commented on the fact, he says, you're not really a good salesperson, are you? And it's like, <laughs> and what they meant was I wasn't really good at kind of going on the phone and saying to people, hi, how are you today? I'm here to talk about kind of that kind yeah. of thing. It was kind mm-hmm. of like, right. you yeah. kind of, yeah. kind of like you get people into a conversation, then all of a sudden you sideswipe them with some kind of question, which shows that you've kind of been building it up so it's kind of i just enjoy speaking to people so you know you're saying as a consultant so do you do you think that sort of your job has helped you with the interview style and your podcast as well maybe also you know give you the confidence to talk to people and things like that or do you see them as completely unrelated i think all in all i'm kind of quite i'm a bit of a show off (laughs) right yeah you know in terms of, I will always be the people. I will always be the person that if we, if I've ever been involved in any kind of work-related kind of group 
session, I will always be the person that a lot of people will remember. Yeah. Not, and and I guess I've always I've done lots of things which involve me standing up in front of groups of people and kind of gauging some getting some kind of reaction from them in the past. So whether that's been stand up comedy or I did quite a lot of musical theatre. I've done kind of quite a lot of acting, you know, um, that kind of thing. So I've always kind of it's always been something kind of quite evocative. But I like the reason I like the podcast is because it's it's very very personal, mm. and the, the not, I have had a few people say to me that once they got off the show that they forgot that they were recording. <laughs> Good, nice. And that's the idea: is that the fact is that they do forget the recording. That they'd, you know, the technicalities of them worrying about kind of how they're coming across and making sure they've got all the information. I mean, I know a lot of, you know, I, I spoke to, I had Elizabeth Hargrave on on the show to, mm-hmm. and we spent five minutes talking about wingspan, and we didn't even bother with the mechanics because, and the reason we did that was because I was more interested in finding out about what drives somebody to. To go into this industry and, and and what you know what what were their, their kind of their ideas and what kind of you know what was their inspiration because anybody everybody else at the time was talking about the mechanics and I was like well yeah. you know so it was that kind of that kind of thing so yeah go, going back to your <laughs> question it's kind of more it's, it's who you are anyway I guess so you know it, it goes into your yeah I'm kind of yeah I am I am annoying. <laughs> You know, I'm aware You're of right. annoying, and I can't change it. I kind of like I'm getting to that point where I'm just like, well, I'm just annoying. I just have to accept it and kind of get over it. You know, and I get I really get anxious when I meet people in real life, which is kind of really strange. Real life people are scary. We should we should all, we should all know this. Um, I'm just wondering about your how you go about constructing an interview. Actually, like, do you do a lot of preparation, or do you just you know you show up and you have a chat? Or is there more to it than that? Um, it depends on the guest. I mean, usually if it's somebody who is relatively quite well known, then I will generally do maybe about three or four minutes preparation. If it's somebody that I haven't known, I'll maybe do about three or four minutes preparation. Um, I don't know. I don't do a lot of preparation. I've I've never ever done it. But I guess that's just because of my job. Because I'm constantly, I'm constantly speaking to people that I am never spoken to before in my life at all. So I've, I couldn't. I it doesn't suit my style. I don't think it doesn't suit my style to have like maybe a kind of a a list of questions I was going to ask because. I know it would happen if I had a list of crafted questions is that I would end up not using any of those questions because we'd go end up mm. talking about, yeah. you know, dog racing or something like that. You know, it'd be yeah. like some mm-hmm. kind of, it would never ever fit in. And I would find I would, I would end up kind of constraining, constraining myself, I guess, a bit. So generally I try just to make the person on the other side of it kind of as comfortable as possible and let them in some way kind of lead the conversation I mean, I've got a show coming out, um, which should be coming out over the weekend, um, which is we spend a long time talking about that person's profession mm-hmm. because sometimes getting somebody into a comfort zone and where they're comfortable about talking is talking about something that they're comfortable with. And I've had a lot of people on the show who have never, ever recorded a podcast before. Yeah. And you want to get them into that much of comfort zone as possible so that they're you know, they're not worried, I guess, about talking about stuff. This is getting very kind of deep and... I like it. You know, <laughs> stupid. Meaningful. Um, yeah, we're trying to avoid that. I, I, You know, as I say, it's just down to, yeah, I don't do an awful lot of preparation. Depending on who, depending on kind of who I'm speaking to, I'll kind of check over kind of like stuff that they've kind of other done. But sometimes it's like I'll... If you hear me kind of sounding surprised about what somebody's done, it's genuinely because I'm genuinely surprised, <laughs> and I'm not just going, "Oh, right, okay." I didn't know that. I didn't do any oh, research, okay. so. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So you own Amazon. It's you. That's interesting. So, even though you don't prepare, there must be some sort of question that you would have loved to ask someone, but maybe either didn't dare or haven't had the opportunity. Is there is there anything like that that you find you've just ask 
Um, I've always, I don't know, I've always wanted to kind of be a bit more kind of, um, a little bit more challenging with some people. I'd like to get, there's probably people I'd like to get on the show who, who I'd like to kind of ask some really challenging questions and kind of maybe push them a bit, you know, uh, kind of ask them about their decisions and stuff like that as well. Yeah. I kind of, for instance, I mean, I know I joke about it, but I would have loved to have maybe asked Stephen Bonacore about the, <laughs> the kind of the component quality <laughs> yeah. on terraforming Mars and the decision kind of behind <laughs> that, you know. And I know it's like a jokey thing, but it is something that people, somebody needs to ask. And I think it's still, it's a kind of a, a I guess it's just where we are as an industry that we're not getting those people that are kind of sitting down and saying, okay, let's go on and just get some kind of difficult, not difficult questions, but just maybe a little bit more deeper questions, not side mm-hmm. questions, not questions where we're walking on the beach kind of holding yeah, hands yeah. with each other kind of thing. It's maybe yeah. a little bit of yeah. something that kind of provokes a reaction and maybe you know, that kind of thing, I guess. But also I suppose it's the questions that you are actually interested in personally rather than you think that the industry is interested, I suppose. Yeah, I kind of forget. I don't know. I always assume that the thing about podcasts, and I know I joke about there's so many podcasts out there, but I always assume that other people are kind of covering off a lot of the stuff anyway. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, I think that's kind of a, 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 a kind of a way. And I think some people are really, really good at kind of asking questions and, and you know, Ben Maddox. Everybody kind of goes back to Ben Maddox at Five Games for Doomsday, but he has a. Mm-hmm. He has a way of kind of bringing a conversation and asking kind of particular questions, and I have a lot of time for yeah, the yeah. the style that he has. Am I the only person who likes how terraforming Mars looks? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm alone in the world in that thought. I I don't get it. You're you're in a game. You're going to Mars. You're a big corporation. You're not going to spend any money on everything, so everything <laughs> should look dodgy and crappy because it's Mars and no one cares. <laughs> I think I'm the only person who feels that about the game. Like this game is perfectly utilitarian, just like it should be. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't get into this again. <laughs> I really, really, <clears throat> I really, really okay. can't. I'm just saying, okay. I just really can't get into. What episode of your podcast you know, should we listen to then for the full expose? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Stephen back. I'm going to ask Stephen back on again. You know, mm. just for a, I think just for a laugh. No, I, I, I get that now. I've got a lot. I've got. I'm getting a lot of repeat people coming back on. that have been on. Yeah. A little while ago, which mm-hmm. is always kind of nice, you know. That's nice. So, who has been your favorite person to interview? I know you're not supposed to play favorites with special guests <laughs> and stuff, but we'd really oh. like to know who was oh. who was nice, or who did you enjoy, or you know, who was fun. Well, Oliver's not been on yet, and you haven't either. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm expected to answer that question. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was really good. Yeah. I don't know. Let me check. I've got. It's like it's like. Oh, let me just check the list. <laughs> I can't. That's the thing. It's like I don't know. Most surprising guest than maybe yeah. the one that you sort of thought goes one way, but the interview went completely hmm, different. Yeah, that's a good point, Oliver. But then I suppose all the interviews. Are... <laughs> the ones oh. with do you know what the ones with the ones with Bez are always funny. <laughs> you know, and I do like the ones that I I do like just the general chats with Colin because I feel we're just like just talking away and we don't have to kind of worry about it. Um, a couple of ones. Let me just see. The one with Holly Nielsen was really, really interesting. Though um, I'm just trying to think what else. Matt Thrower. He was he was really really good fun. Mm. They're all I don't know because I feel like they're all actually. Do you know what the one about Ben Maddox where we were just sitting talking about acting and stuff like that, and it was just like mm-hmm. there wasn't any need. We we both weren't kind of didn't have an, any kind of agenda. There wasn't a reason he was there apart from just to have a kind of a just to have a chat and a, a kind of a muck about basically, which was always good. You know, always good fun. They're all so different. It's really really diff. It's really really difficult to the one with Isaac Vega. Because he made one of my most favorite games in the world, Ashes Rise of the Phoenix Born. They're all my children. You're asking me to pick <laughs> out of all of my. Yes, we are. 
out of it's... all of my out of all of my children and it's just mm-hmm. it's just i'm just having a look there's so my goodness there's too many <laughs> okay we won't we won't force it to choose that's fine understand do a, do a king solomon <laughs> on it and cut the baby in half i'm i'm pleading yeah i'm pleading the i'm pleading the fifth <laughs> i'm not because i'm looking down it's like when you look down and, you, and there's like all these names and you're kind of i'm quite you know isaac childress telling everybody he thought Catan was rubbish was an actual highlight <laughs> i will always kind of go kind of go down That's i think cool. the only ones i think the only ones that are disappointing are the ones where the audio quality hasn't gone quite right mm. and you're yeah. kind of cursing yourself when yeah. it's when it's like been a really, really good fun show and you've had a really, really good mm. conversation and then you get on the other side and you're like, you're actually joking me! <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. I've had that and you're just like, what? You know? well, well, speaking of that then, actually, mm-hmm. it leads us nicely into the next question about your podcast, where you record, what equipment do you use and how do you make sure that the quality is as good as it works? And I guess with different guests, you have to do different solutions as well. So... Talk us through the technical side. Um, ideally, I like to record locally where we can. So, uh, in other words, they're recording their side and I'm recording my side. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I usually use Audacity for recording. I've got a lovely kind of blue Yeti microphone that I use. And um, hey. I've got a lovely kind of PC to record everything. So I've got Audacity. If I'm doing a group thing, I usually use Squadcast, okay. which is proven to be quite quite useful um yeah i think the i think i've only used skype record once and never again (laughs) (laughs) you know never ever again it is you know it's like somebody saying clear your nose cold by sticking vic up it yeah you know that kind of thing and also rub it under your eyes um kind of thing you know that you kind of regret it's an instant regret type thing and just the quality (laughs) so um your podcasts obviously like when you listen to them it all like the conversation really flows it's like you took it in one take so do you actually do much editing or just is that how it naturally happens or do you have to like chop things around a bit like the rest of us (laughs) i listen to it i mean i guess i i do edit I I only edit for kind of like maybe gaps and silence and stuff like that, or if somebody specifically asks for something to get kind of taken out. Yeah, I'm kind of I guess I'm kind of kind of lucky that I'm kind of dull and follow the same kind of format. The framework's usually the same, so if people have listened before, then they'll kind of guess they can know what's kind of going to going to be kind of happening. But I generally don't. I don't don't try and kind of edit because i feel sometimes you can lose the kind of the flow of the conversation yeah yeah it's a dull it's a dull answer but it's you know it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like the truth i generally don't (laughs) chop and change i'm more likely to take stuff out that i've said yeah you know it's a bit like the rado of the podcast world then all in one take yeah pretty much yeah i mean i suppose given as i say it obviously saves you time and i guess it allows you to do more episodes in, in you know in a shorter time but yet you are very prolific and and you what you have like three episodes coming out a week or something like that if not more depends yeah and i mean how do you manage to do all that are you doing like late nighters and work through the night and things like that or how do you i generally re- i generally record in one night okay because obviously you have a day job as okay. well so Yes. Half the job you mm. you do your calls. I guess it allows you to do uh, you know calls to America as well more easily because it's. I yeah, I edit in the mornings usually. I'll come into work and then I'll edit on lunch breaks and before I start work and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I do. On at night times, I do a little bit, but not an awful lot. Or I'll get up on the weekend, um, very early in the morning, and I'll do some kind of editing kind of editing then because i don't generally spend a, i do spend like say for instance in one night i'll do i'll have a show at eight quarter past nine half past ten kind of thing wow and then maybe one another time during the week depending because i try and keep it open because some people i do get people kind of con who will be on pacific standard time so there's an eight hour difference and it's really really difficult to try and get a, a kind of a spot 
kind of organized. So sometimes it's just a case of doing it on a maybe doing it on a Sunday or something like right, that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you also have a blog. So how how do you like writing articles versus making podcast episodes? I kind of talk. I kind of write like I talk. So I don't find it. I don't find it particularly difficult. I usually don't try and go for a format. I just kind of, kind of start thought, type away, end thought, and that's kind of it, mm. kind of thing. And then I'll go back and maybe I'll, I'll edit stuff. So it, you know, I probably do more editing on the blog and more time on the blog than I would edit if it was a podcast episode. To be perfectly honest, because I'm aware that. There's a difference between somebody listening to a show and somebody actually trying to understand what you're talking to talking about. And um, I've had I used to write quite a lot on video games, and I still do on occasion. But yeah, I used to write a lot of video game stuff, and there was an editor there, and they kind of like helped me kind of to to know how to kind of self edit an awful lot better. It doesn't matter because I look at my blog stuff sometimes. I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's not even English. I think we all do that. Do that into Google Translate, and Google Translate would just be like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know, but I enjoy it. No, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I think um, I'd like to write more critical stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel that um, there's always there's still a little bit of. Um, I, I think I'm quite critical when I write kind of pieces that they're not just puff yeah. pieces about yeah. this thing's amazing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, even games I, had, you know, my most recent one in like Wildlands, which I really, really liked as a game, mm-hmm. I kind of it kind of started off like you reading it like it was going to be an absolute disaster. But <laughs> um, I wrote about, I tried to write about the experiences as opposed to the kind of um, how you kind of feel when you're playing the game, as opposed to here are the components and this is what mm-hmm. you do and this is what I think. I think that's a bit of a it's a bit of a killer and also you've got to engage the the audience from the beginning because otherwise they just skip to the end just to find out what you think hmm. and i try try i've tried to structure it so it's kind of like my thoughts and feelings are kind of through the piece as opposed to being kind of like at the end mm-hmm. i guess and it's a difficult thing to do and matt people like matt thrower yeah. they, they do incredibly well kind of the way that they write you know grabbing it and just making it you know um i've started listening to um to your reviews oliver to be honest and i kind of i like the format of kind of having something that's less than kind of like 10 minutes just to to listen to and kind of listen to your thoughts kind of enjoy that oh cool so you, so you actually listen to it rather than go on the blog yeah it's time wise as well because i can listen to it okay. in the car cool Oh, well, thank you I was wondering why the um, downloads have gone up recently. There's <laughs> <laughs> me. So yeah, sticking with the blog then, you you now got Steve on there as well. So yes. I presume you're trying to sort of revitalize the blog side of We're Not Wizards as well with his help, or did you just approach him want to write for you? I mean, how how did that come about? What what is the reason for Steve being on the team now? Um. Steve used to do a lot of writing anyway. He used to do a lot of music writing. He's a, he's one of these people who um, has kind of kept writing away and he used to write for a few kind of music publications. And what happened was I put a call out on the page just to say, look, if anybody wants to come on the, you know, the blog and just write something, they'll, you know, feel free to write something. And um, he's wrote a couple of pieces now and um, it's kind of gone from him kind of being on the outskirts to kind of becoming part of the team for me to just say, look, in terms of reviewing stuff, if you want to contact kind of companies and ask them if they have, you know, if they they do have any kind of previews or reviews that they want written, then feel free to kind of do it. Um, Because it gives me, I'm always kind of quite concerned about, because of my style on the podcast, that, and I think I've said this about kind of like, Janice, when Janice was on the show, it's quite clear that we know each other, that we've met each other. You, you can, you know, you would consider us kind of like, you know, almost friends kind of thing. So it wouldn't have made sense for me to kind of be writing some kind of piece on about censor ghosts when it came out on, you know, on Kickstarter. Mm. So we do have like a a critical part of the, you know, mm. of the channel. So basically, you're trying to separate yourself from that because you get these mm-hmm. people on the podcast, and it 
Tina's favoritism that they then review their games as well and say, oh, "I wonder." Yeah, uh, you know, and that's not something that I'm entirely. I, I think there needs to be a little bit of a separation there. It depends. I mean, obviously, I mean, one of the reasons it was Janice is because, as I say, we have met. You know, they've been on the show quite a few times, and it wouldn't have made it didn't make kind of sit with me right to have them to have me writing up a piece about censor ghosts. Uh, and I said to Steve, if he would he would do it, and I think it it gives him a kind of like a different kind of viewpoint on it. But he's been he's been continually kind of writing stuff, and there is going to be kind of more more kind of stuff kind of coming from him mm. as kind of time goes on. And he's he's a decent you know he's a decent writer, and he gets to have all the kind of a lot of the games that get kind of sent and stuff like that. So that's kind of. So he's basically going to be a sort of permanent fixture of the blog. Then, do you he is, yeah. He is a permanent fixture. Are you still going to write stuff or maybe not reviews? but sort of... I still am, yeah. I mean, I just I put out something there on Parks recently, which was a, a kind of a darling of the Kickstarter that raised about um, $400,000. And um, I did that thing of, you know, oh, this looks, you know, I don't know what this is about. Let's fill out a form. And they, they said they sent me a, they sent me a copy of the game to to kind of to look over, and I was pleasantly surprised. But then again, I was, I think I was a, a you know a slightly critical of the the product as well, in terms of kind of balancing and stuff like that. So again, it's kind of one it's one of these wonders when you're writing a review. Who are you writing it for? Are you writing it to get a pat on the back from the from the publisher, or are you writing it so somebody will read it? It'll be fully fully informed when they go to pick up the game that maybe, you know, if there's, you know, in, the, in in terms of parks, there's certain things which can make the game unbalanced for less experienced players, basically. Right, yeah. Um, you know, kind of, hi- kind of highlighting that kind of thing. So it's kind of getting that thing. But yeah, I enjoy writing. I enjoy, the thing is I enjoy creating the content. I enjoy kind of making, writing up stuff. I enjoy putting my thoughts out there. I enjoy speaking to people. One day I'll turn around and just go, ah, you know what? I can't bother with this it's rubbish. <laughs> and then I'll just go away. And then it'll be my choice, you know. Yeah, and then you focus on the Bailey rabbit Twitter feed instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you put out like a whole host of different types of media. And I suppose I'm wondering how do you pay for all that? Because that's all your time and effort. Is it something that comes out of your own pocket or do you like raise money or anything like that? Um, We have an ongoing... We have an ongoing Patreon, which um, does cover a lot of the costs for it. And I think in any kind of hobby, it's like life's pretty expensive now. So the way I look at it is I'm not like one of these people that is off down the pub every Friday night with my mates kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going out spending 70 or 80 pounds. And it's actually not as expensive as other as other kind of hobbies. I spend more money on Taekwondo than I do on <laughs> kind of the podcast, basically, on a month-by-month basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of very aware that I'm not going to... It's never going to be something that's going to earn us a lot of money anyway, mm-hmm. if anything at all, you know, unless unless we start to do kind of paid kind of features or what I would call kind of paid adverts, yeah. either through, you know, either through videos or through kind of written work. So yeah, I'm probably like everybody else. If you have a Patreon, you end up backing other people that are creating content. <laughs> you know? I think that's what happens with most people's Patreons is that it's not, you know, it's like, well, how much money are you making? Oh, you're getting this amount of money. It's like, yes, but 95% of it is probably going to other people. <laughs> you know, which I kind of, I kind of said that in my, kind of my piece about making money. Yeah, yeah. Which was a very good piece, by the way. I quite like that approach. Um, of you know distinction between previews and why not call them adverts if they're adverts. I think we need it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a very controversial topic. And I moving on to something less controversial, maybe your Kickstarter <laughs> campaign, the Good uh, <laughs> Fund. Obviously, you ran that. I guess was it, was that your first Kickstarter? Yeah, successful as well. I've uh, you know you've you've completed like five percent or something like that. I don't know. It was something like that. Yeah, I didn't expect it at the time because it was just you know it was a way to um, the computer that I had at the time was just kind of a bit mince, and I wanted to go to potentially go to Aircon and look at UK Games Expo, and then there was like Tabletop Scotland, and there was a couple of other places I was considering going and. It was kind of like, as all things with me, it was kind of like, hmm, wonder what happens if I press this button. Yeah. 
And um, it kind of, and then within about 10 hours, it was funded. And then I was like, oh, this is embarrassing, you know? Because I, yeah, I was kind of like, hmm, this is kind of like, okay. So it kind of ended up doing really, really well. And it did kind of get us a lovely computer and it did get us to aircon and it's going to help with tabletop Scotland. And it also helped just kind of like paying for certain bills for the show as well, you know, kind of hosting and stuff kind of, kind of covered that. I don't think I'm going to go back to it again though. No. Okay. I just don't think it's a, I mean, what, what about having, you know, like these specific projects you're thinking about, you know, when you said that we needed the first Kickstarter because you wanted a new computer. I mean, that might happen. Mm. Do you think maybe that you have something like that coming up? Or you might want to go to Essen Spiel and, to, you know, for the expensive flight hotel. <laughs> I think, I think in that case, I think you need to be more self-funding externally to what you're doing. Okay. Because you know the thing with the Kickstarter and the thing with the Kickstarter that we ran was that there was a lot of people that um, kind of donated to the Kickstarter that had been previously on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. So that, and then when I, I kind of like went, oh, I don't know, this is making me feel even more uncomfortable. But then people are saying, well, mm. if you think about all of the people that have been on the show that then had fully funded projects yeah. and that if you even helped kind of like, you know, helped with like 2% of their total yeah. funding by getting a couple of people pledging, it kind of pretty yeah. easily kind of adds up. So then, you know, I was able to justify it to myself and move on. Which is good, um, but yeah, no. So, but then going forward, I reckon it would be a case of you would need to get kind of some kind of external funding. Kickstarter is a funny thing because I think it's okay for projects, and I appreciate that some other guys that's what they use in order to kind of fund their channel. Hmm. Um, it's just something they'll probably look kind of different methods to kind of doing it. I think you know we might start advertising gambling sites. <laughs> 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 yes, good Speaking about your huge success with the Kickstarter, you had a, another huge success with a tweet, oh. making something awful. You're making the first thing and getting started before you get the 50th thing. Uh, is is this basically be a sort of philosophy for everything? I mean, what, how did that come about? And, you know, you, you obviously <laughs> just need to be encouraging that with, um, you know, you, you say it all the time. And I think you have have also Twitter feed now. Make something awful, or is that someone else? So. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's yeah, I mean, there's going to be there is kind of like a podcast in the works for that, which is going to be more kind of anybody that's doing any type of creating type thing is to get them on and kind of discuss their individual journeys, which is always interesting. Which you kind of end up dipping in with with the show normally, but. The idea, what there wasn't an idea about it. It was Monday morning. I've said this before on other places. It was Monday morning. It was eight o'clock in the morning. I just had a cup of coffee. I had a day off. It was April the 1st. I couldn't be bothered making anything <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Going, oh, look, there's like, you know, rainbow, there's rainbow colored sheep floating out my window. Ha <laughs> ha, April Fool, you know. Ah, we're going to have a demagogue as president in the USA. Ha <laughs> ha. No, that's true. Um, no, it was a case that I had in that day. I had a lot of things to do, and one of them I had to do was just like I had. I was recording a video, which I've you know I've got a face for podcasting, and I'm always a bit anxious when I go and do anything video because I look at myself and I'm going, "Why do you have to look like that?" Same here. You're not alone. You know, yeah, yeah. Do you know why? Why do you have to look like that? <laughs> you know, you could be doing anything. You could be doing anything else. You look like a bus parked on your face, and. So I thought, well, I have to just get on with it. And if it turns out, if it turns out rubbish, it's going to turn out rubbish. rubbish. But then at least I know I've done it. And I've, you know, once I do this, the first one, then, you know. And then on our side, I was about to hit, ugh, what was it? I was maybe probably about to hit episode 250 or something like right. that. And I was looking back and I was thinking, well, I'm at episode 250 and we're at X number of downloads. And, you know, if I think back to how it was at the beginning, if I thought what I was going to do was going to be terrible, would it stop me from doing anything at all? Kind of thinking, well, I'm not going to. So that that's what was kind of where it was from. And it was just to say to people, look, if you just accept that the first whatever you're doing is likely to be kind of awful and just the first, even the rough draft of something, because you get people saying, oh, well, I would edit all my stuff. So it was like it would all the first thing would be perfect. It's like that's not the point. <laughs> 
you know, the first time to record, the first, you know, anything you're doing at all is if if you accept this, there's a possibility it's going to be terrible or it will be terrible, then it allows you just to say, do you know what, so what, let's just get on with it. Because the important thing is actually doing that first thing and getting it done and just accepting whatever happens. And then it allows you to move on to the second one and the 10th one and the 50th one and, you know, that kind of thing. And that that was the whole thing behind it. It was more. It was completely self indulgent, introspective thinking on my part. And for some reason, everybody else thought it was quite important. And then you know, lots and lots of people kind of decided to to kind of retweet it. And then I got the check from Twitter, yeah, which was nice. <laughs> Did you get the back of the fifty million? We got the we got the little enamel pin, and I got to meet Jack. And uh, none of that happened because. Um, Twitter's a cesspool dive and um, you know um, it was probably not right wing enough for Jack but yeah so that you know and there was people that contacted me and said look this gave me you know I've gone ahead and I've done this and I've done that and that was the whole you know that was the whole point of it mm. and, the, and, and and people still retweet it and like it every day well I did recently I think <laughs> yeah and the best thing about it is I get people actively you know, I get people actively copying it and stealing it. It's usually content creators. <laughs> it's really, really funny. They kind of repurpose it and they steal it and they say, oh, look. And I had it the other week, you know. In fact, this week on LinkedIn, I just went, you know, and they went, and they went, oh, here's some harsh words for you. And I was like, I commented, they went, here's some harsh words from you. Stop stealing other people's content. <laughs> Boom, yeah. And it's not that. I don't mind it. It's just, I don't mind people, you know, it sounds like, oh, well, you know, it's been four months, you've not got over it yet. And it's like, not when somebody is claiming that it's theirs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're like one of these, and it's always the same. It's influencers. I'm content creator person who's going to come along and and look at me doing this. And I'm just like, it really annoys me. It's like, well, if you're so good at content, create, go and create some content. Content. You haven't nicked <laughs> your content stealer. Anyway, I'm ranting. I'll stop. <laughs> you definitely inspired lots of people. Uh, so uh, what are you working on at the minute or have you any plans for the future? Like what's happening with We're Not Wizards at the moment? Um, no, I don't know. I've kind of, I just kind of, what happens is we usually, I'm booked up until October. <laughs> right. Um, you know, which is quite strange because it's just really, really easy to fill up a diary and I've got a, like a list of people I still need to go back and, and kind of speak to. Right. I'm looking at helping people with a couple of games and stuff like that on occasion. Nothing much else, really. I just kind of take it as it comes. Uh, you know, I've not, I mean, probably we'll write more stuff. We'll probably still record the same number of podcasts. Um, I'm at Tabletop Scotland in the end of this month, and I'm going to be running a panel on Kickstarter 101, which is cool. quite a big which is quite a big scary thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of good fun. I think you'd be a good uh, panelist on that one. Is it you you managing that, or is that? I'm running the thing. I'm going to be the host. I'm going to be the host. Ah, do you imagine that? They have no idea what they're letting themselves <laughs> in for. They have met- <laughs> Clearly not. Not at all. <laughs> well, that leads us nicely to oh. I think uh, finishing off this podcast with some more questions. One um, being. <laughs> What <laughs> exhibitions are you attending other than Tabletop Scotland? Where can people pop into you? That'll be the main one, I think. I think ne- next year we're looking at, I'm looking at the Games Expo, going to Aircon. I think that'll be it. I think that'll be potentially good fun. But it'll be Tabletop Scotland and then that'll be it, okay. nothing else. Okay. And um, of course, the very important question, are are you a wizard? Inquiring minds need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course I am. Oh, yes. It's in my Twitter bio. <laughs> we just needed to hear you say it. <laughs> you know, if you go my Twitter bio, like, like this is what everybody's like. Oh, is he? Is he? Is he? Is he? Isn't he? It's like moonlighting with Bruce Willis and Sybil Sybil Shepherd, isn't it? It's that kind of is he? Isn't he? Are they? Aren't they? Kind of thing. <laughs> you go okay. and look at my Twitter profile. Yes. For we are not wizards. It quite clearly says podcast interview addict. Full stop. Wizard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. We know now. Yeah, it's official. Yeah. So you obviously are on Twitter. Um, and you got your blog. Yes. I'm going to put the links to that. Anywhere else that people can find you on the internet webs, as you like to say? 
stealing this from you now. I've got, no, I've got my spiel all the time, isn't it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I joked the other day is like I got stopped by the police and they said, well, if we need to get in contact with you, where can we find you? And I went, well, I'm on Twitter, you know, we're at Wizard Instagram, we're not Wizard Facebook, we're not Wizards, you've got a blog, we're not Wizards.blogspot.com, we've got our website, which is we're not Wizards.com. You can find us in all the podcast catchers that have got the word pod and cast and the ones that don't have pod and cast with us. You can find us on Apple uh, Apple podcast as well <laughs> you can email us which is magic at we're not wizards.com or you can email us if it's related into the podcast which is podcast at we're not wizards.com that was impressive well done a little round of applause I don't think we have such a field of the internet but where, where do people uh, find you um, on the internet of course isn't can't you find everything there what I had yes, assumed. Yeah, Just look up Board Game Inquisition. You'll find me most places. <laughs> same here. If you look for Tabletop Game Blog, you'll find the blog and the podcast and everything else. But as always, we'll put all the links in the description. Mm -hmm. Other than that, obviously, please subscribe to the We're Not Wizards podcast or We're Not Wizards I put here for some reason. <laughs> we know Wizard Oscar. <laughs> and while you're there, obviously subscribe to the Tabletop Inquisition podcast as well. <laughs> give it a review. Um, give it some stars. And again, I'm stealing all this from Richard. Oh, all the stars. <laughs> no, no, we, we only want five <laughs> because it's in the middle. Do we? Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll settle for a star. It meant one star is fine. It meant somebody cared enough to leave us a star. <laughs> It's like, I hate you enough to to take the time to do this. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Um, I think we've learned a lot, actually, haven't we, Oliver? Yeah, uh, that yeah. was a really kind of interesting insight into how you do things and stuff. Maybe there's something we can pick up on for the future. But it's been lovely having you. And thanks for taking the time to be here with us today. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Brilliant. Really appreciate it. That's all, really. Then mm -hmm, that's it for us. We're out of here. Speak to you later. Then bye. I'm not a wizard. I'm not a wizard. That was a lie. I'm not a wizard. That was a lie. Bye. I'm being held. Bye. I'm being forced to say I'm a wizard. Bye. bye.